it's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Morning and welcome to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree, your host, and we're going to get right into it this morning. We've got a, a very good show. And it's, it's going to be about a little bit about elections and a lot about taxes. So in the studio, I have with me Ben Ellenboss this morning, and he'll be uh, coming on later. That's a councilman for the 5th District of uh, Whatcom County Council. Um, but first up, um, we have our auditor, Diana Braddock, is on the line, I believe. And we're going to talk to her a little bit about the upcoming election, um, when ballots go out, when the local voters pamphlets here. How you doing, Diana? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm waiting for the uh, the smoke to clear, though. It's kind of a iffy thing outside sometimes. So we have an election coming up, and we we do and. <laughs> And I believe that soon, and I don't know which day, the ballots fly. I saw, I think, four days on the site the other day. When when do they hit the mailbox of the voter? Ballots go out on Wednesday next week. Okay. And a lot of voters will start seeing them Friday and Saturday. Okay. Um, so how many voters we got these days, registered voters in, uh, in Whatcom County? Yesterday we had 155,681 active registered voters. Active registered voters. Wow. And that's the, that's both, uh, uh legislative districts, 40th, 42nd, the whole county. Everything. It's the entire county. Right on. Um, and it changes every day. <laughs> okay, we were gonna we we're gonna talk about that a little bit. One of my uh, one thing I've noticed over the years is, um, and more recently actually, is Whatcom County's been doing a great job in turning out to vote compared to other counties, even larger than we are, especially larger than we are, um, with a turnout percentage that that beats all of those. Now, um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this because I always ask auditors, this is what's your projected turnout for the November election? Well, and you know, I don't actually do projections, <laughs> but I do have some numbers for you. Oh, good. What? Um, over the last 16 years. So, the, um, you know, the mid-year election comes up every um, every four years right. is a mid a midterm election, yep. and the average turnout for the last four mid year elections was sixty nine point five. That was the average. The high was seventy seven percent in two thousand eighteen. Wow. The low was fifty nine percent in two thousand fourteen. So. There you have it. 
Well, that's the trend. That is both the trend and probably a, a good predictor for what's going to come up here. I hope it's more. Um, one of the uh, one of the things that I think uh, in in Whatcom County, you know, uh, helps with that kind of turnout is one of the uh, watchdog issues that always comes up is keeping the voter list current. And in, in when I got started in this thing, it was a little bit about, uh, well, they, they'd updated every month maybe, or more likely just after an election, a primary election, they might update the voter rolls. But uh, how does that go? How does that happen now in Whatcom County? The voter uh, rolls are being updated every day. And we keep it current, particularly when during an election cycle where we're getting ready to send ballots out. And so the new registrations that come in or the address updates that come in, those are getting worked every day. And we're not, you know, leaving things in the work queue that, you know, it's like, oh, we don't have to do that for days or it just gets done every day. So we deal with the... um, any Anybody that's updated through Department of Licensing, we're going in and reviewing uh, deceased voters, and we're taking care of all of those so that we're sure that we're getting ballots out to everybody that's registered and getting it to the right address. Right. And what does a person do if, in fact, uh, maybe by a week from Monday or Tuesday, they haven't yet received a ballot in the in the mail? We are asking people to wait until the 26th to contact us if they haven't received their ballot. And then if they haven't, they should call the office and ask for a replacement. And what's that number? Oh, Charlie, I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, I'm getting it for you right now. <laughs> um. The phone number is 360-778-5100. All righty. And so if you out there and if anyone's listening and, and the ballot hasn't come by the 26th, then that's the number to use to see what happened. And um, hopefully the auditor can resolve that and get you a ballot when you need it. Um, so... Let's talk just a little bit, and then we'll we'll move on to another subject. But let's talk a little bit about um, election night and and kind of the counting. Um, what is your experience of the percentage of ballots that of overall elections? The percent of the ballots that are actually counted on election night, not those, of course, that are received, but valid after that. You know, I don't have that that exact number. We get about 50% of the ballots we're going to get up through the the Friday before election day uh, and okay. those are all those are all processed and in the count. Okay. We get the other 50% of the ballots come in election week and that's Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday because we don't bring the ballots back from the drop boxes until Wednesday 
and we'll get a lot of ballots from the post office for anybody that waited until the last minute to mail. Right. So, you know, I I would say probably 70 to 75 percent of what we're going to have is in the count on election night. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Interesting to know. Well, I think it's it, people should get out there and vote. And um, any problems at all, you've got the phone number or go to the website. Uh, one of the things that I wanted, the last thing I want to ask you about is uh, I've got a voter's pamphlet in the mail the other day from, um, looks like from the state of Washington. And there are two items that are on the ballot that aren't in that voter's pamphlet. What's what's the story there? The state... Um publishes its own voter guide, and that's for all the state measures and races. And we are publishing our own local voter's guide that will go in the mail on Monday, and that will have the county um, measures and races. So those two initiatives you're talking about will be in that voter guide. And so voters should have the local voter guide before they receive their ballot. Okay, it's yeah. It's hot pink, so you can't miss it. Oh, I see. Hot pink. <laughs> Not just pink. Not just pink. It's hot pink hot like pink. the envelope. All so, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on and helping us out here. This is uh, this is voting time, people. And we need to make sure that we've got a, a idea in our mind of who we're going to vote for when we get our ballots. And if we don't uh, get the information that you need and, and make your choices to get our turnout compared to other counties and our turnout of our community even higher than it is now. Diana, I thank you very much for coming on the show. I thank you for calling in. Uh, and we very thank much, you, Charlie. we very much appreciate your time. Thanks. All right. It's time to go away for a little break and we'll be right back. When bad weather comes, be prepared. At Linden Sheet Metal, they can keep you comfortable all winter. They have a full-service HVAC department that can install a new heat system or a generator to keep the lights on. Linden Sheet Metal is also your one-stop for all your plumbing and electrical needs. Whether you need service, repair, or replacement of your heating, plumbing, or electrical systems, Linden Sheet Metal has you covered. Call them today. Linden Sheet Metal, providing quality work in the Northwest for over 80 years. State Representative Alicia Rule doesn't believe that one party or the other has all the answers. She knows that we need to work together to move our community forward. Alicia's worked hard to create opportunity for people who didn't go to college by expanding career and technical education in high schools. She's also working to restart Intelco. When it reopens, that means 700 union jobs back in Ferndale. Alicia Rule is the only pro-choice candidate in the race. She's endorsed by Planned Parenthood and Pro-Choice Washington. Alicia Rule has earned the support of law enforcement. She's earned the trust of the Fraternal Order of Police and the Bellingham-Wacom County Firefighters. Retired Bellingham Police Chief Flo Simon said, Alicia Rule said no to defund the police, increased pay for the first responders, and fought to criminalize non-medical use of fentanyl. She's been a fantastic state representative. I'm State Representative Alicia Rule. I hope that I can earn your vote. Paid for by Vote Alicia Rule, Democrat. 
KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Biden said if Russia invades Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 is done. That is evidence that he ordered a no, sabotage no, of it? Each weekday at 4 p.m. I don't think Germany, who has that big of investment, would do it. Could it be Ukraine? Sure it could. Have been Spectre. How many James Bond movies involved? <laughs> On KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome back to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree and we're going to move on down the line until 9 o'clock on issues and thoughts and news of interest to to everyone out there. First of all, I've got an announcement as far as uh, what's happening on the Fourth Corner Facebook page. Right up towards the top of that page is a streamed copy of a debate that occurred Thursday night at Meridian High School um, between all of our legislative candidates from the 42nd Legislative District and the congressional candidates from the 2nd Congressional District. So if you get a chance, there are some very good spots. You'll actually be able to see people's response um, on the stage and and, uh, what they're thinking, all of those issues are issues that are near and dear to all of us. And uh, everybody had an opinion, and they went back and forth a little bit. It was a great show. Well, we're going we're gonna to get now onto the topic of the day here at uh, Saturday Morning Live, the fourth corner version. And we're going to talk a little bit about taxes. We're going to talk a little bit about taxes with Ben Allen Boss in, in a minute. And... Uh, I just need to do a rendition because I'm totally forward. I did a little research, just a very little research, and found a lot of new taxes in the state of Washington when we're going through an inflationary period with the economy starting to sputter and slow down big time and eat up all of our 401ks, mine lost a huge percentage, as I'm sure everybody did. Um, and we, we are taxing our people here in the state of Washington. So as everybody knows, there is an income tax that is still in court to decide whether we get that particular uh, item that was voted on by the legislature and signed into law, whether we get that tax basically instituted in Washington, and it is a basic capital gains tax that pretty much every entity says is really an income tax. So it's in court. We have another item called the two items. We have the long-term care tax, and we have the family leave tax. Now, this is important to know about because this affects W-2 employees. If you get a W-2 they're going to uh, tax the gross of your of your wages. So this is kind of like Social Security tax, which 
7.15, the last I knew, 7.65% of your gross earnings are taxed for Social Security. Well, the new W-2 workers tax in the state of Washington will be another almost 0.60%, and the Family Care Act will even add to that to bring another percentage point Almost, what is that, 20, 25% increase in W-2 taxes for everybody that's really the working person in, in our state and in our country, but in our state for this particular person. So those are two new taxes that have finally come into full effect, um, and they will have a minimal, actually. They're already bankrupt, which means they're going to go up some more. Um, there's a new tax at the beginning of the year, and this this might take the whole program. I don't know. It's a long list. New tax on CO2 emissions, and that's projected to add 46 cents per gallon to the price of gasoline. Um, that That's on top of the state tax for transportation. It will also add 56 cents per gallon for diesel. And if you raise that price of diesel, guess what? Groceries go up. The, they were, by the 2030, which some people care about, um, that is projected to be 80 cents per gallon. So these kind of taxes are just, just hitting us left and right. I've got you know, original license plates increased from 10 to $50. Replacement license plate, 10 to $30. Fees are going up everywhere. And here we are in Whatcom County, and guess what, folks? There are two new taxes to be voted on in Whatcom County. And here today to help me a little bit with background and how they got there and what they are um, is Ben Allenboss. Morning, Ben. Morning, Charlie. So, tell me, we have what these what these taxes are. There's one of something I think it's about kids, and then there's the other one that kind of, which I don't understand fully, um, either fund again or continue. Or it's a new tax on EMS. So can you enlighten us a little bit? Which one do you want to talk about first? I would like to talk about EMS first. Just okay. So you, we currently pay for an EMS levy, and and I think the rate's something like 19 and a half cents. Um, per thousand yeah. of assessed valuation of your property. It's a property tax by all means. Yep. And um, so... What they've come and asked us for is, I believe, twenty nine and a half cents, which is obviously higher than nineteen point five. Um, now, personally, I'm a, I'm somebody who su- supports uh, fire and EMS uh, probably more than the average conservative, just because, um, in the refinery, I've been trained as an right. emergency responder and um, I've done rescues and I've. I've been on calls and I can appreciate the um, benefits of having equipment and well-trained individuals when you're trying to save a life. 
And so I tend to always support things that come through the county um, for that purpose much more than maybe some of the other conservatives that have been on the council in the past. Uh, but I did vote no on this one. Um, and one of my, one of my reasons for voting no was, was that, uh, I didn't see a clear need to increase the tax that much. No on the increase basically. Well, I voted no on putting it on the ballot. Right. Right. Um, uh, Last time the EMS levy came through, it was, you know, it was quite a bit of money. And there was quite a bit of folks that were saying, do we need this much money? And what what the administration had promised was a fifth medic unit. Yes. Well, here we are asking for a new we levy. We have that, do we? Well, I think we just voted on the funding for to put the to fifth put the medic. Fifth yep. yep. Spending the money right now. So they were like, oh, my, here we are. We better get this fifth medic unit in in. Service. So we can say we did it so yeah. we can pass the new levy. Yeah. <clears throat> Go well, I'm shocked. I mean, we got 10 cents, uh, another 10 cents, uh, a thousand on assessed valuation. I mean, added to all these taxes on your, on your cars and on your gasoline. And, and here we are EMS. They want more money. That's, that's, the key to voting on this one to me and we have other problems in this county yeah well you know one of the things um one of the things that we talked about on council was um we originally voted it through at 19.5 we said well it looks like your funding is about whatever 13 million a year and that's that's is serving you well and if we with with everything going up and and revenues coming up, we could leave it at nineteen five, and you guys would continue to right. see an increase in the revenue, and the fund already has a massive reserve, something like six years worth of reserve in it. Um, and in fact, the EMS levy reserve fund has more money in it than Whatcom County's general fund. <laughs> wow! And on that note, we're going to take a break and okay. come back, and we're going to talk about that for sure. His commitment to Northwest Washington dates back five generations. Our Congressman Rick Larson. Brought up in a family of eight kids, Rick was raised with the value of hard work. The same way Rick and his wife Tia raised their own two boys. Larson understands the pressures facing families when it comes to the rising cost of living. And why he just passed the new Inflation Relief Act that starts lowering costs by reducing prescription drug prices for Washington seniors. And caps insulin costs at $35. Rick sees the big picture. That's why he just helped pass bipartisan legislation bringing semiconductor manufacturing back to America. Larson's bill eases supply chain issues and means more good-paying jobs, all while lowering prices on cars and electronics. Common sense. Practical solutions for working families and local business. That's always been Rick's approach to making a difference for growing our local economy. Rick Larson, Congress. I'm Rick Larson, and I approve this message. Paid for by citizens to elect Rick Larson. Ready to put some skin in the game? The only sports book north of Snohomish County is now open at Silver Reef Casino Resort. Get in the game with baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and your other favorite sports. Visit Portage Bay Sportsbook and Bar and place your bets today. Sportsbook open daily at 9 a.m. Betting kiosks open 24-7. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. 
We've got that. What does your dream getaway have? Luxury hotel rooms, elegant suites, and relaxing spa? We've got world-class wine spectator award-winning steakhouse? We've got that. Washington's premier golf destination? We've got that. How about the newest slots, table games, and exciting promotions? Oh, yeah, we've got those, too. Visit Silver Reef Casino Resort and hit the getaway jackpot. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. There's no getting around it. We are all aging. The question is, are you prepared for the future? Well, join us this Saturday at 1 for the Aging Hour here on KGMI, and it's brought to you by Safe Harbor Legal Solutions. Here's elder law attorney Phil George. Well, unfortunately, Bill, more than about 70% of retirement plans actually fail for folks when they need them the most. What we're going to be talking about is how to set your family up for success in your retirement. And that's coming your way this Saturday and every Saturday at 1 o'clock. The Safe Harbor Aging Hour here on KGMI. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. A properly operating furnace will guarantee that you stay comfortable as the seasons change. Contact West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electric for a system inspection today at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. At their final public hearing... The January 6th committee voting to subpoena the former president who responded in a rambling 14-page letter never saying whether he'd comply. CBS's Scott McFarlane. Herschel Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock faced off in Savannah, Georgia last night for their one and only debate ahead of the midterms. Our Nicole Killian with details. Warnock's team says the incumbent is drawing a clear contrast with his opponent and calls him out of step. A Walker aide tells CBS News the former football star is focused on the issues. Early voting in Georgia starts next week. A federal judge ruled DACA can continue for now, but no new applicants can apply. Since the summer of 2021, DACA has been closed to new first-time applicants, but immigrants already enrolled have been able to renew their protections from deportation. That's CBS's immigration reporter Camilo Montoya-Galvez. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. Good morning and welcome back. This is Charlie Crabtree with the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. Uh, when we left you, when we last left you, we have as a guest Ben Ellenboss of the 5th Council District. Uh, and we're talking a little bit about taxes. And we left you with, uh, hey, guess what? The CMS tax is going to give them more money than than they expected and, and it's kind of a surplus and... Tell us about it. Well, the fund set up so that so that they have a surplus in the event that the levy a levy fails, right? So um, they, there is a massive surplus of money um, out there, and I was just saying that if you look at the balance of the general fund and you look at the balance the Whatcom County General Fund, right? And you look at the balance of the EMS levy um, fund fund. The EMS fund is larger than the general wow. um so there's there's quite a bit of money there and i'm not saying that we should dip into that reserve um i think the concern was was for me was when i got the presentation um from the the group that that manages this they didn't to me they didn't um 
they didn't present a clear need for the increase that they're asking for. Um, <clears throat> so they have no plan or goals? Well, no, they absolutely have plans or goals. It just, when I did the math, you know, I did go to the public school, but well, I when I did the math, <laughs> it didn't add up to me that they needed to ask the people for that much more money than what they were already getting. And we made a, uh, we, we originally passed it to be on the ballot in 19.5. They were asking, which is what it is now. They were asking for 29 and a half. And, um, we've, I think we even tried to compromise with the 24, five, 24 and a half. Well, what ended up happening is that the majority on council, you know, whoever local 106 or whoever supports right. their campaigns got in their ear and said, Hey, no, we really need 29 and a half. So then it got, um, amended when it came back to us. And so it's going onto the ballot at the 29 and a half cents, which is if, when you do the math on the whole thing, it, it's roughly, it's almost double what, what it was in the past. So what happens if this doesn't pass? Well, if it doesn't pass, they're going to ask for it again. And, and also, it's not real smart for them to go after it be, because right now it only needs like 50 plus one vote. Right, right. If they come back. Um, it's a 60. It's a yeah. 60. They they lost a 60, almost lost it four or five years ago, whenever it was passed, maybe six. Um, they almost lost a 60 by 137 votes. Yeah, well, that's how elections go around here. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, which is good. It keeps us all sharp. Yes. And accountable. And I'm wondering what, what, where do you go to find information on the pro side that tells us what they did with all that money over the last six years? Where do I go? Where, yeah. <laughs> I go to my, my council agenda packets. I, I don't know where the, you don't where, know where their site yeah. is. I would imagine it's pro AMS somewhere. Yeah. Um, Okay. And again, I'm I'm not anti EMS. I'm not anti EMS. I just think that we all need to be what? responsible with our money and I think that there's enough money. Well, if they were reasonable, I would have voted yes, absolutely. I'm a priority guy today. And the, today my priority is we need a jail. And we're going to either get sued, we're going to have kids that are going to get hurt on the street cuz we got crooks that can't go to jail. And then the EMS is going to come. Well, and now you're speaking to why I voted no on the child care. Okay. Well, we'll get into the child care thing then. You want to uh, uh, explain a little bit about that? I mean, people don't know it's not out in the pamphlet yet even. It's going to be out early next week. And um, and it's a new tax again. Um, and tell us what it's about and what it was for and how the vote went on the put, to put it on the ballot. Well, and – well – Quite frankly, the, um, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I can tell you what what how they're going to spend that money, and that is part of That's why I voted no. Because I'm I'm not going to sit up here and and tell the listeners that I don't believe we have a problem with childcare in this county or the state, because um, I I think they're absolutely the the f- folks that are behind this are absolutely correct in what the problem is. I just don't know if if this is the solution. There are so many other things we could do to pro- to help provide for child care in Whatcom County for the long term than ask you for more money. 
right? right? It's it's kind of like this carbon tax is like, okay, we're going to tax it, but is that going to solve the problem? Yeah, what's it going for? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and specifically, um, th- there are things we could do that would not cost the taxpayers a dime. Um, it, quite frankly, government pretty much created this problem with regulations. Yeah. And now they're they're going to tax you to fix the problem that we created, and and if you're wondering what I'm talking about, it's it's in home childcare, right. right, right. So I mean, we we've done everything we can to make it virtually impossible for you for a normal person to have a business that happens to take care of children in the neighborhood. Absolutely, and and you know, it's I, I kind of look at it like the industry, and and unfortunately, there is a childcare industry out there. Yep. Um, they have better lobbyists than, well, they have more money, <laughs> right? And so they're they're going to do everything they can to drive your business to them, versus being able to do it um, affordably with with your neighbor. Well, I did a little research on this on the Public Disclosure Commission, and my gosh, everybody in the world has given. They have one hundred and sixty five thousand dollars with a record on the Public Disclosure Commission of spending $353, and I see signs out there for this this um, piece of legislation to be voted yes for. I see other stuff, um, but I don't see any public disclosure commission reports. It's kind of interesting. One of, one of those um, pieces, one of those people, one of those organizations that have given money to the tune of fifty thousand dollars for this pro piece. Let, is, let me let me guess. Is it's a local non-governmental organization? No. Oh. This is called Children's Funding Accelerator. It has a, an address in Washington D.C. Its mission is funding accelerator helps communities translate voter support for early childhood development into de- dedicated and sustain public investments. And they're very proud of the fact that they have property taxes in King County, that they have early childhood in Minnesota, they have more property taxes in Summit County, Colorado. They go around, and this is their business. They actually work to pass this this kind of funding. Now, one of the, the major, the one that has given the most in the local race is Chuckanut Health Foundation. There you go. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. And, and I, again, you got to go back to, God, I'm all, I am for this. But where's, where's the accountability going to be? Tell me what you learned when, when this came before the council. Well, um, one, of the, one of the things that they were doing to, to try and sell me on the on the idea was that they were going to have accountability and benchmarks and a review and and that there would be um there would be those checks and balances but um when it come when it came down to it I still struggled to see what they were and how you reverse it or fix anything if we're headed in the wrong direction right and so, and and like I said, I don't think that, I don't think that that this is that they're wrong on the problem. Yeah. Um, we do need more childcare. We do need more affordable childcare. 
It's just that when we government's really good at picking winners and losers. And so my concern is that we're going to make the problem worse by right. Cause they're going to say, well, the money will be available for every child care provider. Well, it probably isn't because what ends up happening. one of the most favorite things is discrimination at the governmental level. And one of the things locally that our, you know, majority likes to do is look down their noses at religious groups. Right. And so, um, there's, there's always strings attached to the money. You get, you've got to jump through the hoops that they want you to jump through. And, and so, um, and the, how much is this supposed to raise by the way? Do you, do you have any idea? No, I, um, I don't have that in front of me, but another reason I voted no, Charlie was just like you said, um, I'm, I tend to agree that, the, the taxpayers should decide. The voters should right, decide. Right. And so um, fundamentally, I'm, I'm on this type of thing. I usually would just say, yeah, let's put it to the voters. Let's, let's let them decide whether they want to be taxed more. But what frustrated me was I saw a little game being played. Yeah. Because like you, you mentioned state-level taxes. There's a whole bunch of local taxes that are coming your way aside from these two. Well, and the, the biggest one is the jail, the yeah, jail tax. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'm just going to call it a jail, it, but it'll be mental health. It'll be right, addiction. Right, pretty much everything. On that note, we're going to take our last break, and we're going to come back and talk about that and a new jail. As a police officer for 25 years, Tasha Dykstra-Thompson was a voice for those someone tried to silence. As our representative, Tasha will once again be a voice for those who've been ignored because Olympia is ignoring our students who've fallen behind. They don't care that their extreme policies have made things less safe and less affordable. But Tasha is different. With Tasha Dykstra Thompson, we will finally have a representative who will fight for us. I'm Tasha Dykstra Thompson. Families in our community should be able to afford a home here, but government regulations can add up to $50,000 to the price of an average home. And property taxes keep going up, even if your income goes down. My plan calls for cuts to property taxes and reducing regulations that add to the cost of a home. Read my plan at Tasha.com. That's T-A-W-S-H-A dot com. Paid for by friends of Tasha Dykstra Thompson. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus on investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at WealthWake up.com and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Hello and welcome back to the fourth corner version of Saturday Morning Live. This is Charlie Crabtree, and I'm here today with Councilman Ben Ellenboss of the 5th Council District. And we're talking taxes. And um, 
we're talking priorities and we're talking about the county and 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 what maybe is going to go on in the future a little bit uh, we got to the point before the break just so you know that uh, we were talking about the jail which is probably beginning to come on other people's minds than it has in the past so you want to talk about that a little bit ben yeah i and we'll, we'll rewind a little bit because i was fun yep. talking about how i feel fundamentally on on these things and like i said i typically support putting the taxes to the people yeah um, and uh but one of the reasons i voted no again not only on the ems levy but on this um tax going to the people was because I see a little game being played. Um, there, obviously we need a new jail. Um, in my opinion, we need a new jail. Right. And let uh, the people decide. Yep. Yeah, and, um, that will be coming on the ballot soon. It should have been on this ballot yeah. and it absolutely could have been on this ballot. Really? And if it was on this ballot, I would have been more prone to, Put everything vote out. yes um i want i want there's a there's we've got more things coming down the the aisle that they're we're going to be asking for money for um one of the things obviously it doesn't affect everyone but there's a library district they'd like yep. to put in and in, in, in my neck of the woods around birch bay and blaine um i've heard talk about a um a ferry district a, a taxing district so Lummi that ferry. we could fund the charge everyone to fund the Lummi Ferry. Right. Um, uh, and here's one. They don't call it a tax, but in a in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a public hearing on it. I hope everybody shows up and talk about it. Uh, the Conservation District has traditionally been funded by... Federal dollars, I thought. State dollars, state? federal, state okay. dollars, and grants. And that's worked well. Um, but now they decided that that's hard to apply for grants and our wonderful governor, even though he says he cares about the environment has cut the funding to the conservation districts who, in my opinion, do the best job of helping farmers and landowners, um, be good stewards than any other group that's out right. there. And one, the, one of the reasons that I think they're successful is they are not historically speaking, have not been activists or regulatory in nature or political yeah. or right. Or, well, they, they are, everybody's but, political, right, exactly. but not in a partisan, way. but they've come to the council and said, look, we want to do these, these rates and charges. And we would like to charge, we would, they don't call it a, a tax, but it's a tax. Every landowner would pay a fee. If you own a parcel of land, you would then pay a fee oh, and that money that. would go to the conservation district. And, and quite honestly, that's another tax. And everybody's saying, "Oh, it's just one more latte. It's one more latte." But right. uh, like, how many lattes are we yeah. are we putting out there, Charlie? Well, the, 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 when people can least afford it, I mean, inflation's a tax. And what are we at? Eight to twelve percent. Two things bother me about this: is number one, the state government had a fifteen billion dollar surplus. Right. They still have a fifteen dollar surplus. Billion. They spent billion, yeah. So, and, and that's part of my thing on this one too. Like, hey, but uh, if, if we need these programs, and I'm sure there are good things that we're going to spend money on here, we're asking the wrong people for them for right. the money. That you, the, you, we the people have already paid for this, yeah. And it's in the state coffers, yes. So but if these are if these are money. good if these are good programs, 
and they should be funded and you can demonstrate that, let's ask the state for the money I because agree. the yeah. people don't need to be paying anymore. Right. And and at the, the state st- should have been giving the money back. But if they're not going to give the money back, then. And they've settled with teachers and they settled with the SEIU to an enormous rate to to cut into their budget surplus. But they've left a lot of these projects. I mean, we ought to be able to get some kind of grant or something for the start, beginning, and operation of a jail um, through the state, you know, some kind of building. Well, and, and when I look at our county budget, you know, in order to service the debt on the jail that we would, would get, I, I think the numbers I'm seeing are between like 9 and $11 million a year. How to, long does that last? Oh, a while. 20 years, 30 oh, years, something I, like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But I, I honestly, if we had somebody that was interested in being frugal, I think we could I think we could start building that jail right now without even passing a new tax. Yeah. We just refuse to do it. Who's we? Uh the I will say the administration. How can we change their mind? Uh, vote. <laughs> yeah, vote. Okay. No, I. It, um, and I, I want to be clear here too, because we can't blame. We'll just talk about it in liberal conservative. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it in liberal conservative means. We've had the we've had a jail tax on the ballot a few times, yep. and it's failed a few times. Yep. And one time it failed because conservatives said. That's too much. What you're trying to build is the Tajma jail, and we don't want it. And so they set out on a campaign to 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 dist- to take take down the tax. And then the next go around, the prevailing you know idea was we don't want to incarcerate people anymore. And so the liberals were coming out yeah. to, to coming after shooting down the jail. Well, in retrospect, we were all wrong, and we probably should have built this thing. Yeah. Because we've seen what happens when we don't incarcerate people anymore, right? And nobody likes the outcome. And it wasn't it wasn't a slow trend; it was immediate. Yeah, yeah. It the the thing that that strikes me is we're we're sitting here, and I, I have in I have visions in my head of uh, protesters or for the homeless in front of city hall, pushing against the police and the sheriffs and the state patrol people. As they, they basically demonstrate something about homelessness, and do we have a plan for that? Do we have a plan helping those people out, and do we basically have the capability to build a jail that allows our law enforcement people to enforce the local law? One of the laws that came up that I heard this last week was in Auburn, Washington. They actually passed an ordinance that says. If you're going to be caught for drugs, if you're going to be caught on the street and homeless, and you're you're not going to be let go, you're going to spend 30 days in our jail. And is that even been approached here in Whatcom County at all? Well, I think what we're seeing in Whatcom County, and and you know the sheriff could probably speak more intelligently right. on this than I can, um, the sheriff or the prosecutor or anyone. I think what we have a lot of diversion uh, programs, right? Yeah. Drug court, those types of things. 
Well, with a lack of ability to have a consequence, because we don't have room to put people in our jail or or the the legal teeth to prosecute someone. Right. Um, that comes those from diver- the those diversion programs that our community is behind and everybody wants to see, they're not being used. Because why why would you? If if you were the criminal or you were right. the why, yeah. the person with the drug addiction, you you're not gonna stop being addicted to drugs because you want you know, like it, it doesn't happen that way. There has to be some teeth in order to um, get people to make the choice. And nobody nobody realizes or you haven't seen any studies or anything about the liability we have with the current jail. How somebody, if something happened there, we could be sued for God knows how many millions of dollars. Have you heard or seen anything about that in the in the system? Oh, we we are constantly being taken to court over issues that happen in our jail. Oh, um, a lot of it gets discussed in uh, what do you call that? The um, executive session uh, because it's lawyers and oh yeah and and, and, they, it's a and suit. They, yeah right they have to come to the county and ask us for money to fight these lawsuits and they're they're happening now and they're only going to increase and if you pay attention to council you'll see that we just increased the amount of county dollars that are going into our tort fund to pay for a lot of these lawsuits and in you know I can't exactly give you the details because of attorney-client privilege and those right. types of things, right. but a lot of the things that Whatcom County gets sued for are um, jail-related types of things. All right. Well, onward and upward. I, we need a jail. We need we need a turnaround at the at the state level to put some teeth back into our capability of public safety protection that is very basic and, and we don't even have that and i think the taxpayer is paying enough i think that state and local governments need to make sure that we are operating within our means and prioritizing the money that we already take yeah. from you yeah to give you a better outcome i'm not so sure that's been happening i think that our outcomes are getting worse and that's very well supported by statistics yeah and I think that the in. average family yeah. is is um, their budgets are not in a place where it's the right time to ask for more money. Yeah. Well, folks, that's why we're going to go to the ballot box here on November 8th. And um, we're going to vote. And there's a good set of candidates. You could go to the Fourth Corner Facebook page and see a streamed debate of Thursday night. Um, and it, it'll show you a little bit about where all the legislators stand, and that's helpful. You've heard a little bit about the two items that are coming onto the, uh, the ballot that are tax issues. And we very much appreciate your time this morning. And we look forward to seeing you next month. Take care and have a great, great Saturday. <laughs>